0: Welcome to This is Type 1. Real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me.
1: I'm Jesse Tuggy and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes,
0: bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 94 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're going more in-depth on what we eat when we eat low-carb. One of our early episodes is on what to eat as a type 1 diabetic, and we do recommend that everyone at least give low-carb a try. It doesn't have to be a permanent decision, but if you want to find out what foods help you manage your blood sugars more naturally, you have to do experiments. Consider low-carb an experiment. I have the win this week, and as of this recording my husband and I uh, have been living in Missoula, Montana for almost three weeks. I have started alternating doing some morning yoga with morning walks, and I'm getting better at keeping my blood sugar stable through both of those, which is really good. Some key things that I'm doing are using my pump's exercise mode, changing my set on time, which actually helps more than you would think it would, and also getting a good night's sleep. Jesse, what is our fail this week?
1: So my failure this week isn't necessarily a failure that's happened yet. It's just something that could be preventable and that I just haven't gotten around to doing. So I have been running low on insulin at my mom's house recently. I have insulin. Don't worry about that. I got it. No worries. But the extra vials that I keep in the fridge are starting to run a little bit low, meaning I don't have like enough for me to feel totally confident with here. This just means I have to go to my dad's house and pick some up before I go back to my mom's house. Coordinating shipments with divorced parents can be really tricky, especially with medical equipment, prescriptions, and stuff like that. So my advice would be to have all of your medical equipment and supplies and medicines sent to one household and keep a log of where things are and what dates and when you move stuff around. So do your shipments go to both of your parents' house? No, they just go to my dad's. But from what I've seen, it makes it a lot easier having everything go there. And that includes like my birth control prescription too. It's not just diabetes. So it makes everything a lot easier for me if I know where it's going to. What's our tip? So our tip this week, I think
0: we've uh, kind of established that the tips and the hacks kind of go along with what the episode content is. And this is no different. So no matter what food protocol you eat, And by protocol, I just mean the food that you eat on a daily basis that benefits your health and is something you can do long term. So with that, make sure you always have some kind of low snack that you can count on. My low snack of choice is Smarty Rolls, and though I sometimes have to have them more than I would like to, I still consider myself low carb. I've been eating some form of low carb since January of 2016 after a day of these really wild swings in my blood sugar that went from over 400 MgDL to below 40. It took over 300 grams of carbohydrates in basically near pure sugar form for my blood sugar to come out of that last low of that day. And if I think back to the low snacks I used back then, it was Rice Krispie Treats, apple juice, fruit snacks. And I looked actually looked back at my food log from back then, and I ate a lot of Chex Mix, like just straight up Chex Mix. I ate a lot of that, and that actually was kind of a low snack for me. But up until that point, I had been trying to lose weight for years, honestly. Shortly before that bad blood sugar day, I had reached my highest weight ever of 225 pounds, and I am 5'8". So it was not pretty, and I hated seeing myself in the mirror. I hated having pictures of myself taken. I hated how terrible I felt all of the time. I'd actually had a personal trainer for a while, but because of that high-carb diet, I kept crashing during workouts, and I needed fruit snacks and smoothies to fix them. And the gym I went to was the kind that has a smoothie bar when you leave and when you enter, and they also sold pizza. It was great. So at, at no point during my childhood or during diabetes camp was I ever told that I could manage my blood sugars way better if I reduced how many carbohydrates I ate. Instead, I got the impression that if I ever tried to give up carbs, I'd die. Seriously, that was basically the messaging. The messaging is that I need them to survive, that all diabetics need carbs to survive. So in my attempts to lose weight, I stumbled across the Reddit keto community, and I found stories of type 1 diabetics who had started keto, lost weight, and maybe most importantly, had really stable blood sugars because of it. So I researched this way of eating for months, if not a full year before that day in January 2016, when I finally pulled that trigger. I was just so done with all of the swings. I was done feeling like trash when I went high, which was all the time. I was done with the headaches, the thirstiness, the brain fog, the sluggishness, the lethargy that came from living on a roller coaster of blood sugars. I thought, basically, screw it. I have to try something different because if I don't, I'm probably going to gain more weight, feel even worse, and slowly kill myself in the process. So all of that being said, the staples of low carb are protein and fat while trying to keep carbs down as much as possible. And this means different things for different people. It's why we don't prescribe a number of carbs for you to have to eat. Low carb for one diabetic could be 100 grams a day. For another, it means up to 50 grams a day. It just depends on who you ask. But I want to be clear that low-carb is not keto. Keto is a maximum of 20 net carbs a day, meaning total carbs minus the fiber and any sugar alcohols. But low-carb doesn't have that specific of a definition. It's really what you make it mean. Now, what I've eaten on my low-carb protocol for the last five-ish years has varied somewhat with time especially during the six or seven months that we lived with my in-laws because my father-in-law is a really, really good cook. And I was lax with my protocol during that time. However, I have lost 65 pounds with some combination of low carb and intermittent fasting over the last five years. So something is clearly working. And as of this recording, this is what's in my protocol. Eggs. I have a lot of eggs. Cheese. I love cheese in basically any form. So It doesn't even really matter what kind of cheese it is, except blue cheese. I don't really like blue cheese, but all cheese. Great. Heavy whipping cream, especially in coffee. I have a lot of tea. Basically all types of tea, but I prefer um, bagged tea instead of loose leaf just because it's easier to manage because I have a lot of tea. Uh, Vegetables, specifically non-starchy vegetables. So a lot of cauliflower, basically in all forms. It's pretty versatile what you can do with it. Broccoli, bell peppers, zucchini, Eggplant, surprisingly. That's one we try- we've try. we tried recently, and it seems to be pretty good. Cucumber, spinach, tomatoes, onions, garlic, spaghetti squash, green beans. Just a lot of non-starchy, really tasty vegetables. I can also have avocado, which is high in fat, and I like that. Chia seeds. A lot of low-carb chocolate. And this is specifically from Chalk Zero, because I found uh, from experimentation that I can't do their their keto bark because that spikes me kind of strangely. And I also can't do the Lily brand or Lily's low carb chocolate because they use erythritol and that makes me nauseous. Moving right along with the food I can not eat is chicken, ground beef, steak. And uh, these are in no particular order, as you can tell. So they're not grouped by anything. I can also have uh, keto chow meal replacement shakes, specifically the raspberry cheesecake and chocolate peanut butter flavors, although they have come out with some savory soup base Flavors, including tomato basil, and I have a bag of that. So we're looking at some recipes with that. Costco sells these things uh, called healthy noodles. They're very, very low carb noodles, basically made out of um, I think some kind of mushroom. I'm not really sure exactly what they are, but they're kind of tasteless, which means they take on the taste of whatever sauce you put them in, which is great. We found another thing from Costco the last time we went there. It was a, a keto pancake mix. The jury is kind of out on this one. I followed the instructions the first time I made it, and it left me a little bit unimpressed, but I've been including it in other chaffle recipes, which is cheese waffle, and it seems to work okay just kind of as an additional filler thing. If I'm having a salad, uh, my default salad dressing is two parts olive oil to one part balsamic vinegar, and I always include a healthy dollop of minced garlic because that makes everything better. I can have nuts, usually uh, walnuts and pecans. Those are my two favorites, but I like most nuts and most nuts are good for you. I can do nut flours, like almond flour and coconut flour, although I don't think coconut is really considered a nut. But I can do basically low-carb flours. Those are okay. But I I should have these in moderation because during my elimination diet, I got some indications that nut flours are associated with acne breakouts, at least for me. So that's kind of interesting. As for sugar substitutes, the only one I'm using right now is called Boca Sweet. And I mentioned just a, like a minute ago, I can't do erythritol anymore. And you can listen to our episode about artificial sweeteners for more on that. I can have a lot of uh, zero sugar beef jerky, especially I wanna if I want to increase my protein intake because, oh, beef jerky. So good. Love it. I also like uh, dehydrated cheese. And by that, I mean specifically moon cheese. That's the brand I go with like almost every time they have Amazing flavors. It tastes awesome. It's literally just dehydrated cheese. Another source of uh, non-meat protein are lupini beans, and uh, either in ground form or whole. Carrington Farms makes a good ground lupin. It used to be at Costco, at least before the pandemic, but uh, after the pandemic hit, we just couldn't find it. It's like they weren't even stocking it there anymore. But uh, it is on Amazon, a little bit kind of pricey to get it on Amazon, but it is there. And then uh, the brand that I go with for the whole lupini beans is uh, Brahmi. And those taste pretty good. They have different flavors. I mentioned coconut flour before. I can also do just straight coconut. I usually do um, desiccated, shredded flakes, chips kind of stuff. Use it in whatever. I can also do coconut milk, cottage cheese, olives, sour cream, salsa. Depending on the brand and the ingredients, just because tomatoes are a little bit higher in carb, there's this there's this specific peach salsa from a store called Country Mercantile in Eastern Washington. It's in Kennewick, Washington actually. This peach salsa is really good. I don't have it that often and it it does have some sugar in it, but it's really good. Also, if I have butter, it's going to be Kerrygold butter. That's uh, grass-fed Irish butter. It's a lot higher quality than just regular butter and I think I just like the taste better. And then just kind of a generic thing I'm thinking of is uh, like broth like chicken bouillon, bone broth. Egg drop soup and broth is actually really nice. But uh, if if you're going to go with broth, don't do what I did for a while and use just the ramen packet, like the ramen seasoning packets, because those have a lot of stuff that you actually don't want to (laughs) eat, like MSG and sugar. And well, no wonder I was getting headaches after having that. Now, something to mention is that I can pick one thing to go with for a few weeks at a time. And basically have very little variability. I don't really get that bored with food, though there was this one point where I had low-carb chicken enchiladas for literally months as my work lunch, and I burned, on, burned out on those so hard. So I, I don't ever do low-carb chicken enchiladas anymore. When I do go out to eat, I keep it pretty simple. Usually it's a bunless burger with a side salad or a steak with a side salad or a vegetable side. Or a massive salad. I really like cob salads at restaurants. Those are pretty good. And then omelets. Those are also a favorite of mine. This is also why I check menus before I go out to eat so I can find out what I'm going to eat ahead of time because that's really helpful for my planning. There are also some recipes that I go back to a lot, mostly because my husband makes them and they taste good, but they include things that are currently on his website. That's called Split Appetites, and you can find the link to that in the show notes, But my favorites on his website are keto tortillas, bread rolls, keto bagels. We have this sauce called Red Sauce but Different because it's based on a sauce recipe that my friend Alexa gave me. But he took out some of the more carby ingredients and so it's just red sauce but different. And it's a base of ground beef, heavy cream, tomato, and cream cheese. And it is really, really good on those healthy noodles from Costco. He also makes Parmesan crisps, and I swear that is like the best thing to eat on an airplane. (laughs) He made like 30 batches of this one time for me for for a business trip, and I think I ate all of them before the plane even took off. They are that good. Uh, He also has a recipe for keto Cheez-Its, keto pizza dough, and Tim has made me many a low-carb pizza on this protocol. (laughs) The pizza dough is really good. And slightly modified, that pizza dough is also used for cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls are also really good. He also has a recipe for stuffed peppers, just kind of generic crackers, like you can put cheese on crackers and stuff like that. There's some spaghetti squash recipes, a low-carb quiche, and an Alfredo sauce that's really good. And then other things that I've made that aren't on my husband's website include something called foil packet chicken. And this is literally a bed of chopped vegetables with a chicken breast on it, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, mozzarella. And it's all wrapped in aluminum foil and stuffed in the oven for a bit. And I have the actual recipe somewhere, but this is really tasty. And I might need to bring this in if I'm going to be having a lot more protein in the future. Another recipe I really like are uh, chaffles. Those are a huge staple right now. It's cheese waffle. What I do is one egg and 60 grams of shredded mozzarella cheese, and then I salt it. And then that's split between two dash mini waffle makers. And these things are so versatile. You can check out Serious Keto on YouTube for some specific chaffle ideas, as well as other food ideas. But one of the modifications I do for my chaffle recipe is put chia seeds in it. And if I want more of a sweet taste, I'll put both chia seeds and some low carb uh, chocolate chips, specifically white chocolate chips from ChocZero, because those are tasty. Another recipe that we do is low-carb pad thai, and that's also using Costco's healthy noodles. I'll do general salads with spinach, vegetables, shredded cheese, some protein, and dressing. I also like spaghetti squash with uh, chicken and red sauce. There's um, like a baked four-cheese garlic spaghetti squash recipe that I have bookmarked. And then Muddy Buddies. So if you don't know what Muddy Buddies are, they're delicious. You have kind of this one particular main thing that is going to get coated with other stuff. So for low carb, that would be pork rinds or moon cheese for the crunch factor. And then I do chocolate peanut butter keto chow, peanut butter, Kerry gold butter, melted white chocolate chips, and then uh, some also also some coconut chips. And I'm not going to give you the whole like how to do it here, but seriously, coating those crunchy things in that concoction So good. It's like this really major fat bomb that I probably shouldn't have very often because it's like crack. I could eat the entire bowl. Now, if you're looking for more recipes, check out Split Appetites. That's my husband's website. There's also a website called Caveman Keto. I breathe. I'm hungry. And then there's Serious Keto on YouTube. And then Pinterest. Like because Pinterest has all the things. But be careful to check the ingredients and the serving sizes for the recipe to make sure that you're happy with the macros. And that goes for every recipe you check.
1: Jesse, what do you eat? I just want to say I'm really hungry now and I don't have time to cook anything and I'm starving. So I might run to the store really fast on my way. This out, was a
0: great episode to do right now. Oh so
1: hungry. <laughs> okay, so basically this is just kind of some ideas you guys can take and run with. This isn't everything that I eat in a day, but these are my like basic go-tos for low carb or just quick meals and stuff like that too. So I we do a lot of eggs for breakfast because they're really good in proteins and they have zero carbs, which I really do like. And they keep me full like until... I feel like I need to eat again or like I actually do get hungry, you know? So they keep me full a long time. Coffee with heavy cream. Love that. I started going to a coffee shop in the morning just to get me out of the house since we're still Rona time and stuff like that. So we do a cold brew with sweet cream. Sweet cream, I say in quotes because it's not actually sweet cream. It's – I don't know what they – There's a specific name for it. I cannot remember what it is, but they put the sugar-free vanilla, like flavoring in the coffee and in the cream. So I don't take like it. It tastes like not full sugar, but it tastes really sweet, which is really, really good. I really enjoy that. We do a lot of chicken salads or baked chicken in my house. Dinners rotate usually from whatever my mom or my dad is cooking just because they do a lot of the cooking and then, evenings which is usually low carb and I'm really thankful for that because when I was younger we didn't used to do the low carb meals and stuff like that so I really appreciate them more so adapting to like what I need to do for my body to keep me healthier most of my snacks throughout the day include chicken nuts avocado ooze, low carb chips cheese chips which I really enjoy you can get those at Walmart in like a big bag they're called cheese crisps Like that's the name of them. Colleen also eats these because her and my mom have talked about this before. (laughs) Are these like the wisps? Yeah, the wisps. Is it wisp or crisp? If it's from
0: Costco, it's they're they're wisps. They're like Parmesan wisps. And last time we were at Costco, I actually got a bag of them because it was a different flavor. It was like a pepper jack flavor. Yeah. For a, like a spicier flavor. And that one actually tasted way better than the actual Parmesan wisps. The Parmesan wisps have this weird aftertaste, but the Asiago spicy ones were really good. I like those.
1: And we usually do those with like hummus or something like that too. So there's a little bit extra like flavor in there. Same with like raw vegetables. We do a lot of like raw vegetables and like hummus is really good. The salsa hummus is really good as well.
0: My problem with hummus is that I will not stop at the recommended like serving size i am a sucker for hummus so i can't have it like straight up <laughs> it's so bad. i feel
1: that i get in that mood sometimes i'm just like i'm gonna keep eating this even though i shouldn't and then i regret it like 20 minutes later but it's still so good in the moment that it's kind of worth it so i do a lot of com- avocados cheese crackers which are different than the cheese wisps or crisps they're a little bit thicker and crunchier they're also kind of messier We do a lot of like protein sticks or like jerky sticks in our house too. We get like a big bag from Costco or something like that. And then we'll just take them on the go when we need it. We do a lot of like low carb homemade smoothies at my house too, which is pretty good. But we do it later in the day, like a dessert kind of thing. But it's low carb. It's like almond milk, peanut butter, nuts. It's basically like a peanut butter, low carb smoothie. We do a lot of like cheeses and we don't do dairy cheese. I don't like dairy cheese. It really messes with my stomach. Like it it gives me like stomach cramps and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure I'm lactose intolerant. I just, I stay away from dairy. I don't even want to like touch it, honestly, because it hurts my stomach. Like yogurt really doesn't do too great. So we do a lot of like goat cheese or like non-milk cheese or non-cow cheeses and milks so another thing is like almond milk I really enjoy because it's again made out of a nut but it's got enough flavor in it where it's subtle but it's still there so like I'll put that in like my coffee that I make at home and that tastes really good or if I'm like doing cereal or something in the morning which I don't really do I'll do it with almond milk just so it's like a little something in there to like it's healthy. Anyways, and then I do sparkling waters instead of sodas, which is really hel- a lot healthier, in my personal opinion. Like, I really like drinking sparkling water, although I have been told it tastes like the way TV static looks. I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense to me, and I've been told oh, that, that. makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, if you haven't heard it, the next time you drink sparkling water, just think of that, but it's TV static. So Well, that's actually raises a, g- a good point how many people
0: experience tv static now
1: we do really? occasionally yeah because my dad's got a he doesn't have like a real cable box to get like nfl and stuff like that during the football season so we still have like the antenna on top of our house that we'll just like hook into we don't get away games but we do get like the home games and stuff like that from seattle because it picks up the news right so we'll just watch it off there We're freeloaders. I mean, I really don't want to pay $60 a month for ESPN Plus or Pro or whatever it is. So we're good. That's I'm okay spending not money on that. Anyways. And then we do a lot of like stir fry vegetables too is really nice. And it does do a lot of flavor, especially if you add like spices, like garlic, onions, we've done thyme, rosemary, like anything that you think would taste good with it, does taste good. So like just go ham on the spices if you're doing stir fry vegetable because it does create a lot of flavor. When I was um, doing uh, roasted vegetables, which I should
0: probably get back into eventually, turmeric, uh cumin, yeah. nutmeg, salt, pepper, ginger, and I think that was it. No, onion powder
1: and garlic powder. So those those that combination was pretty good. Yeah. Those are really good. We I really like the stir-fry vegetables. Those are, that's one of the things that I can do and I do know how to do is the stir-fry vegetables because I've done them so often. I've seen my mom do it all the time. And then we do do a lot of fresh fruits and produce, although it's not low carb, it's a much more healthier alternative to like sugars, like ice cream or like something like that where it's, you know, there's something sweet in the house that we can go to if we really are craving something like with sugar in it. I usually just go for fruit and it, I mean, it's not low carb, but it's better than, you know, a Hershey's candy bar too. So for me personally, when it comes to diet and stuff like that, my biggest concern right now is that I have to find a way to keep up with low carb lifestyle while being in college. So in case you hear me talking about cooking or doing my best on how to learn how to cook, this is why, because I have to learn how to do it on my own in three months, And coincidentally, my set of portable cooking utensils just came in while we were recording. So I'm very excited. And here comes a new adventure. So yay. Another way to do low carb is doing meal prep. And this doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to take a long time. You can prep your meals a few days, even a week in advance. But any more than that, I kind of don't think is a good idea just because food can spoil. It doesn't taste that good after like a week of sitting in the fridge or the freezer. There are a bunch of ways to keep up with low carb and meal prep. Usually, we do like pre planned meals in the fridge or the freezer and then just grab it when we need it. Walmart actually sells like a kit of like specific meal prep Tupperware. So it makes portion control a lot easier and your juices don't run together. So, like, if you're doing like teriyaki, chicken, and rice, Rice, you shouldn't really do because it's not exactly low carb. I don't personally like rice, but if you're doing like something where it's like a meat is going to like juices are going to run, those are really cool too. They kind of look like mini like vegetable tray or mini lunch trays you'd get at school, like smaller versions of those. And it's also compactable and portable too, so that's pretty cool. And then I also want to say that I never limit myself to strictly not eating carbs, like. If I want toast, I'm going to do toast. Like I'm not going to like go actively limit my what my body wants. Although I do have a hard time eating out of border- boredom rather than hunger sometimes. I feel I know, I know it's bad, but, but yeah. You know a good just, way to to tell is if you drink water and then you're not hungry 5 minutes later.
0: No, if an unseasoned cooked chicken breast will solve your hunger then you're hungry. But if you're not interested in an un- in like an unseasoned cooked chicken breast, you're not hungry. Yeah, exactly. Water. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's all I have. All right. So our spotlight this week is on the movement that's known as Let Me Be 83. And this is a movement by the uh, Rivera Foundation. We've spotlighted them before, so you might think this is familiar. And we wanted to do this again because of their mission. As it says on their website... They advocate for an alternative diabetes management regimen anchored in nutrition and the proper use of insulins that allow people with diabetes to achieve healthy blood glucose levels. They believe this is an important goal, as elevated glucose levels are associated with complications of diabetes. And as every type 1 diabetic knows, diet plays an enormous part in how well we manage our blood sugars. Carb and sugar-heavy diets can make it far more difficult to stay at a low A1c, so I highly recommend you check out this movement, Let Me Be 83, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Jesse, what is the question for the audience?
1: All right. Our questions for you guys this week is, what diet or food protocol do you follow? Is it low-carb, vegetarian, paleo, keto, and carnivores also have options though they require a lot more planning and keeping a close eye on your blood sugars. Let us know in the comments. I did vegetarian for 11 months my sophomore through like the mid of my junior year. I really enjoyed it although I do think at the end I was including chicken and stuff like that because I needed that extra source of protein. I got really hungry by the end of the day. So Let me know how that goes and what substitutes you guys come up for with vegetarianism. I'd really like to get back into it. So, yeah. And that is it
0: for this episode of This Is Type One. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 94. That's the number 94. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on our podcast page at type1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I have a Facebook group where I coach people for free in the comments, and I go live on most Saturdays. You can join life and mindset coaching by visiting the link in the show notes. And if you want help dealing with the mental stress and overwhelm that comes with trying to figure out a new way of eating, send me an email. Figuring out how to handle this part of your life translates into all the other areas as well. You might be surprised just how much you can get done. And I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward. I'm on the diabetes app as at Colleen Mitchell and our email is Colleen at inspiredforward.com
1: And I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. If you do reach out on Instagram, please make sure you let me know you're a listener of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about
0: real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, You control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.